Welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into how the internal narrative of an individual determines the response to life itself and all it entails. Today, I am your host, Bula, and I'll be doing a little bit of a dive into this book called The Lemon Tree. Um, it's something that I'm excited to read. I have not yet read it, um, but I'm just going to go through some of the uh, notes that the author has made and parts of the book that I'm excited to read. But we'll get straight into it right after the first song, so do enjoy. Say good morning when I check in. Exaltation, exalt your name and presence. And this word of God that doesn't bend, it won't bend like Beckham. I know you'll use your sword and strike these demons, have them begging. Please let me ching some demons down in Armageddon. Enough times they mock and threaten. When I try to do good like Megan, it's in my heart like Kevin. And it's in my jeans like Denim. They must be jealous, still eat them up for breakfast. Only with your power, without you I would be breathless Carry my cross, that's daily, why do you think it's on my necklace? Presented with salvation, free offer, of course I accepted I used to love this harlot, one bad be called Alexis My D played for Red Devils, I named my third egg Memphis I used to pull up on G's at spots, my shift was well respected She say I was tormented, I did love getting tempted Now I'm doing up gospel preaching, evangelist for a reason Grab my ESV and speak it, KJV's Elizabethan in this life the world will diss you Rebuke from a friend is better than enemies that will kiss you Be strong, don't get offended When truth does come to hit you Had me crying at the altar Tell the usher pass the tissue It's all good cause iron sharpens Iron sharpens what I require Trying to be like my messiah Praying tongues and pressing These demons know it's me I need some strength and courage To preach in gold is green That's to choose, I call them cousins Cause at least they do believe all they need is to know that Jesus died for you and me Get round there and sow my seeds Go with faith or woe is me Even if they don't believe What I can say is sell our V At least I tried God loves a child Just in D&G Davis faith, no designer Go put God first Can't put you second Rise in the AM Say good morning when I check in Exaltation, exalt your name and presence And this word of God that doesn't bend It won't bend like Beckham I know you'll use your sword and strike these demons Have them begging Please let me ching some demons down in Armageddon Enough times they mock and threaten When I try to do good like Megan It's in my heart like Kevin And it's in my jeans like Venom Praying tongues and pressing these demons know it's me I need some strength and courage To preach in gold is green That's to Jews, I call them cousins Cause at least they do believe All they need is to know that Jesus died for you and me Get round there and sow my seeds Go with faith or woe is me 
Even if they don't believe, all I can say is still a V. At least I tried. God loves a trial. I'm dressed in DNG. Davis faith, no design. So, this year I want to read a bunch of different books that I'm not necessarily initially drawn to. Um, I usually enjoy reading things about the mind and trying to understand the way people perceive things and how their perspe perspective really determines um, a lot of how they're reacting and responding to life itself. So that's their core narrative. Um, but there are some concepts that I haven't entertained at all. And I think that a large part of the way that people interact amongst each other is out of information that they've obtained that maybe they don't necessarily agree with, but they end up just reacting or responding to, and it becomes part of their life. So I found this book called The Lemon Tree, and a little bit about it, it goes as follows. It says that in 1967, a 25-year-old refugee named Bashir Khairi traveled from Palestinian hill town of Ramallah to Ramla, uh, Israel, with a goal to see the beloved stone house with the lemon tree in its backyard that he and his family had been forced to leave 19 years earlier. Um, so in the first words, it goes as follows. The house depicted in this book is an actual place, and the lemon tree in its yard is a real one. You could see the place for yourself if you boarded a bus in the West Jerusalem ter Terminal, rode west, climbed, and then plunged down the hills towards the Mediterranean, and banked up two-lane rise until you came to a bustling industrial town in a place once known as Palestine, and that is now the state of Israel. When you stepped off the bus, you'd walk down the busy main road known as Herzl Boulevard, past the juice vendors and the kebab stands and the old storefront selling trinkets and cheap clothing. Take a lift down the street called Klausner. There at the next corner, you'd spot a run-down gas station and across the street, a modest house with a pillared fence, towering palm and stones the color of cream. This is the place you could say to yourself, this is the house with two histories, the house with the lemon tree. Uh, maybe just I should add this. My father's initially from um, Israel, so I found it quite interesting to see this narrative through someone else who was obviously living there and has history in it, but is completely separated from my family. Because as we know, people are biased in a sense. So you obviously in your family have certain history and that narrative spoken through the people that experienced it and their perspective actually changing the way that the experience had happened through what they experienced it personally. Um, as, but then when you're reading it through someone else's eyes, you're able to get their viewpoint of it. So I found that also quite interesting. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to look into it. So on the author's note, it says that this book is firmly planted in the soil of nonfiction narrative. Many of the events depicted are from 50, 60 or 70 years ago. Nonetheless, their retelling relies, like everything else in the book, entirely on the tools of reporting and research, interviews, archival documents, published and unpublished memoirs, personal diaries, newspaper clippings, and primary and secondary historical accounts. For the lemon tree, I conducted hundreds of interviews in Israel, the West Bank, Jordan, Lebanon, and Bulgaria over a period of seven years, mostly since 2002. Visited archives in Jerusalem, Ramallah, Beirut, Sofia, London, New York, and Austin, Texas, and consulted hundreds of first and second-hand sources. Many housed in one of the world's great research, research centers, the Doe Library at the University of California at Berkeley. 
I have not taken liberties with the history, no matter how minor. At no point do I imagine that or, or imagine what probably happened. For example, at a family event in 1936 and state it as fact, nor at any moment do I describe what someone was thinking, quote unquote, unless those thoughts are based on a specific recounting in a memoir or interview. Rather, the scenes and sections of the narrative are built through a combination of the available sources. For example, descriptions of the events surrounding the Ashkenazi family are based on family interviews in Jerusalem and Sophia. Interviews with other Bulgarian Jews now living in Israel, documents unearthed in the state archives of Bulgaria, the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee archives in Queens, New York, and the Central Zionist archives in Jerusalem. In newspaper clippings and other historical accounts translated from the National Library in Sofia. The portrait of the Khairi family in Al Ramla in 1948 is similarly based on multiple sources personal interviews of family members, memoirs, and other accounts translated from the Arabic Israeli military intelligence reports, documents from the state and kibbutz archives, the memoirs of Yitzhak Yab Rabin and, and Arab Legion commander John Bagot Glub. U.S. State Department cables of the day, secondary historical accounts by Middle Eastern scholars, and years of my own interviews with Palestinians in refugee camps in the West Bank, Gaza, and Lebanon. For details and additional historical context, see the source notes for, section, uh, for this section. An author's refusal to take poetic license does not, of course, ensure that each event depicted speaks an objective truth especially when it comes to the topic at hand, representing two highly subjective histories. Where else, after all, will the same event be remembered as the War of Independence by one people and the Nabka, or catastrophe, by another? In such cases, particularly when the history described is volatile or less familiar to Western readers, I've intensified my basic research approach, endeavoring to gather even greater multitude of sources from various perspectives thus ensuring that the emerging narrative is not based primarily on decades-old personal memories. None of this, of course, means that the lemon tree represents a definitive history of the conflict between the Arabs and Jews since 1948, or if you prefer, since 1936, or 1929, or 1921, or 1917, or 1897, or 1858. By juxtaposing that joining the histories of two families, however, and placing them in the larger context of the day's events, I hope to build an understanding of the reality and history of two peoples on the same land. So again, it's really interesting to obviously see the dual perspective currently in the world we are experiencing, or well, we not physically, but there is this constant war, this division amongst the people. And being able to see both perspectives really comes back to the core narrative, is that people are being uh, either removed from their houses. There, there is this, this whole situation that's taking place where people are being um, victimized, they're being harmed, they're being, there's all of this political narrative behind everything that is really causing harm to the people, which are the people that matter. Um, and then going into, well, chapter one of the book, it says that the, the title is Baal. The young Arab man approached a miner in the washroom of Israel's West Jerusalem bus station. Bashir Khairi stood alone before a row of porcelain basins and leaned forward, regarding himself. He turned his head slightly, left to right and back again. He smoothed his hair, nudged his tie, pinched his clean-shaven face. He was making certain all of this was real. 
For nearly two decades, since he was six years old, Bashir had been preparing for this journey. It was the breath, the currency, the bread of his family, of nearly uh, every family he knew. It was what everyone talked about, all the time. Return. In exile, there was little else worth dreaming of. Bashir gazed at his reflection. Are you ready for this journey? He asked himself. Are you worthy of it? It seemed his destiny to return to the place that he'd mainly heard about and mostly couldn't remember. It felt as if he were being drawn back by hidden magic, as if he were preparing to meet a secret, a lost lover. He wanted to look good. Bashir, yelled his cousin Yasser, snapping the younger man back into the moment of the bus station in the men's room. Yallah, come on, the bus is leaving. The two men walked out into the large waiting hall of the West Jerusalem terminal, where their cousin Khaith was waiting, waiting anxiously. It was nearly noon on a hot day in July 1967. All around Bashir, Yasser, and Khaith, strangers rushed past. Israeli women in white blouses and long dark shirts, men in wide-brimmed black hats and white beards, children in side curls. The cousins hurried towards their bus. They had come that morning from Ramallah, a Palestinian hill town half an hour to the north, where they lived as refugees. Before they embarked, the cousins had asked their friends and neighbors how to navigate this alien world called Israel. Which bus should we take? How much is a ticket? Where do we buy it? Will anyone check our papers once we board the bus? What will they do if they find out that we are Palestinians? Bashir and his cousins had left Ramallah in the late morning. They rode south in a group taxi East Jerusalem and arrived at the walls of the old city. The end of the first leg of the journey. Only weeks before, these walls had been the site of fierce combat, leading to devastation for the Arabs and the occupation of East Jerusalem by Israel. Emerging from the taxi, the cousins could see soldiers stationed at the Damascus Gate, the northern entrance to the old city. From there, the three men turned west and walked away from the ancient walls and across the invisible line. From the old city, the cousins had walked west away from the ancient shrines, across the line of an old boundary between nations. Until a few weeks before, this line had divided West Jerusalem and Israel from Arab East Jerusalem and West Bank. Now, after the defeat of the Arabs in the Six-Day War, Israeli forces occupied the West Bank, the Sinai Peninsula and the Golan Heights, and were deployed, sorry, and redeployed to defend the new frontiers. Bashir and his cousins had thus found it easily found it easy to cross the old man's no man's land and into territory simultaneously old and new. They had trudged in the heat for several miles down crowded lanes and past stone houses that seemed oddly familiar. Finally, the narrow streets had given way to busy modern avenues where the West Jerusalem bus station had come into view. Bashir and his cousins hurried across the concrete terminal floor, past the station agents pushing tickets through metal bars, past the kiosk selling candies, gum and newspapers, in a language they could not recognize. On the platforms at the far end of the terminal stood buses for land, bound for lands that they had only heard about. The forests in the north, the southern deserts, the coastal plain. The three men held their tickets to go, out, go to Al Ramla and hurried past the, the platform 10, where their bus, painted in waves of aqua and white, was ready to take them home. The young woman sat alone in the kitchen table, sat alone at the kitchen table. Sunlight streamed in through the, sun, the south-facing windows of the stone house. The morning was clear, Dahlia Eshkenazi remembered, and the quiet would have been broken by only her sips from steaming mug of tea, or the crunch of her teeth on black bread spread thick with Bulgarian cheese. In recent days, life in Dahlia's home and her hometown of Ramla had returned to normal. 
as normal as could be expected, at least. In the Israel of 1967, the air raid sirens had at last fallen silent and Dahlia's parents were back at work. Dahlia, on the summer break from Tel Aviv University, had now had time to contemplate her emotions of the past few months. So we're going to go to the second song, and then I'm just going to read a couple more lines from the book. Um, but so far, already very interesting narrative. And I mean, it, especially since it is nonfiction, and you're basically narrating or reading through someone's life, um, it's really fascinating to have that peek into basically someone's existence at the period of time. So we're going to go into the second song, and then we'll wrap things up. Do enjoy. All right, you get three types of people in life. You get the ones that are there. Yeah. They're just there. You get the ones that are there with an agenda. Then you get the ones that are there, but they're on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which is great. Oh, that was gangster. Then he looked at me and I was like, is I talking to yourself again? <laughs> again? Yeah. So then he was like, hmm, I hear his speaking, saying some other things. <laughs> <laughs> You know the Mexicans can be yeah. very dramatic, yeah. like it's quite funny. And then like like in the end man, so I need this dude and he told his aunt who told his sister and she was like, No dude, you need to go there, but you need to have an agenda. And then the other guy was like, No, but the agenda is Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Puppy get three people in <laughs> You get mother, father <laughs> Radio has never been better. So stay tuned. come from you see the struggle in my stride there's a lesson in the journey you see me on the other side just want a little more heart connection a little more holy spirit fire a little more heart connection a little more holy spirit You hear my unconscious mind When I wake up in the morning And when I lay my head at night Oh, just want a little more heart connection A little more Holy Spirit fire Darkest night seems long I may not see my victory yet Oh, but the victory is won Oh, just want a little more heart connection A little more Holy Spirit fire
from glory to glory to glory. You're tearing walls down as you're building me up for the glory of your son. You're tearing walls down as you're building me up from glory to glory to glory. You're tearing walls down as you're building me up for the glory of your son. Oh, you're tearing walls down as you're building me up from glory to glory to glory. Oh, you're tearing walls down as you're building me up for the glory of your son. Oh, just want a little more heart connection, a little more Holy Spirit fire, a little more heart connection. Oh, a little more Holy Spirit fire. Oh, a little more heart connection, a little more Holy Spirit fire. off i'm just going to share a couple more lines from this book and then um we'll wrap things up so it says that first had come the unbearable tension and the trauma before the six days war alien voices broadcasting from cairo told her people to go back where they came from or be pushed into the sea some israelis thought that the threats were funny but for dahlia who had grown up amid the silence of unspeakable atrocities it was impossible to fully express the depths of fear that these threats had awakened for a month before the war, it felt to her as though the end was coming. Not just the disintegration of the state, but of the end of us as a people, Dahlia remembered. Alongside this fear was determination. Born from the Holocaust, to never again be led by sheep to the slaughter. L late on the first night of the war, Dahlia learned that Israel had destroyed the enemy's air force. She knew then that the outcome of the, was, the, outcome of the war was essentially decided. Dahlia believed God had a hand in Israel's survival and compared her own feeling of awe and wonder with the feeling she imagined her ancestors had when they were witnessing the parting of the Red Sea. Dahlia's parents had never been religious. They had grown up in Bulgaria, married in 1940, survived the pro-Nazi government, and moved to Israel after the war. Dahlia was 11 months old when she arrived. Dahlia's family had been spared the atrocities in Bulgaria by acts of goodwill from Christians, and she was raised to admire and remember them. Now she believed her people had destiny of the land of Israel. This was partly why she believed that she had been told that the Arabs who lived in her house and in hundreds of other stone homes in her city had simply run away. So that's all that I'll be sharing today. Um, again, such a fascinating book. I'm really excited to read it. Uh, and it's definitely a, a different perspective to see from uh, a little bit of a controversial one but this is the state of humanity for their lives this is all they know and you're even going through Dahlia's uh, experience I mean you have lived a certain 
narrative in your own life and your own experiences. And yet we have the privilege of really looking into the way someone experiences the exact same time frame as you, but in a completely different way because of the way that they perceive things. Um, so that's all from me. I do hope that you enjoy it. Maybe encouraged to read this book. Again, it is called The Lemon Tree. And I hope that you have a lovely day. Cheers. Time and time and time again. I know that I saw my sins. You don't see my sin. No more. Haven't you heard? It's the Netflix of radio. <laughs> Radio has never been better. Truth be told, so many men should be concerned Cause the life we live for Jesus Christ can be absurd You say God knows your heart, but your heart's got wicked ways In order for us to be renewed, we do what the Bible says I can't be a hypocrite, I'm lost anyways But I know who'll leave the 99 for the one he needs to save But I can't be passive, I gotta read the word and pray Step in the house of the righteous one, lift my hands and give him praise Some people gaze and say, came and now you've changed. They don't know all the ins and outs about God's kingdom in a fiery place. When the trumpets blow, you'll see man in the air like Jordan. Won't get elected for your labor or your works like Jerry Corbin. It's all about faith and relationship, that's most important. Just know God loves you, it's the reason he gives this warning. Enough man was stuck in those kitchen with a Ramsey but nine like Gordon. And didn't need no football boost to step in the field and do some scoring. Or splash some organs and leave some aunties mourning. But now they live for God. They're free man now like Morgan. God's got power to change, transform, renew a person. I gotta seek him on purpose. He's the one that gave me purpose. My speech is more than music. Trying to give you Sunday service. I thank God for my pastor. I got humble during that sermon. I can't lie, man, I'm nervous. I'm peeking through the curtains. I don't wanna see man uplifted, then I can't get off the surface. As a temple of God, I've been doing a great disservice. But the prodigal son returns. I need help to be a good servant. From the one that came from virgin. Went on a cross and carried a burden. Beat the serpent. Rose from death and completed the good conversion. Now there's power to change completely with his blood on purchase. I don't need no validation like Loria won't worth it. Rapture, take flight like a thief in the night. There's no exceptions. I'll get left if I don't move right. Time is ticking, I've got to reach my final form Christ's death can't be in vain For us he wore the crown of thorns yeah. Gotta share the gospel like Luke But I've got to be far from warm yeah. But I've got to feed my spirit With the workers I'm reborn I ain't trying to let God cut his ties with me Just like umbilical cords yeah. Gotta run this race with faith Loyalty and sing my sword Rapture, take flight Like a thief in the night There's no exceptions I'll get left if I don't move right 
time is ticking. I've got to reach my final form. Christ's death can't be in vain. For us, he wore the crown of thorns. Gotta share the gospel like Luke. But I've got to be far from warm. But I've got to feed my spirit. With the workers, I'm reborn. I ain't trying to let God cut his ties with me just like umbilical cords. Gotta run this race with faith, loyalty, and swing my sword. 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 R1-4. Let's go.